You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Last night we had a wonderful crowd of folks and just had a wonderful time of, of celebrating the birth of Christ. And this morning we've got you. And you're amazing. That's wonderful. So wonderful. If we only have five, we'll still meet on Christmas Day when it's on Sunday because it's just, it's just too, too much of a joy. I have a, a dear pastor's friend, uh, his wife up in Muncie. She's from Germany. And when Christmas is on Sunday or any day that Christmas is, she says, why are the churches closed? Why do we close the churches on Christmas Day? Why isn't there a service? She says, in Germany, there's always church services on Christmas Day. And uh, yeah, I, I think we could learn something from our international friends uh, to enjoy the celebration of Jesus at all times. <clears throat> well, I want to talk to you about Jesus, the joy of revelation. There is nothing like Jesus and and his unveiling within us that just brings something so amazing. As I was as I was looking at this and praying about it all week, it was I don't know about you, but I love when I get fresh revelation. When all of a sudden I see something that I haven't seen before and it's it's been there all along, but the Holy Spirit breathes on it in a way and all of a sudden it becomes alive and it just fills you with just an enthusiasm. That's an excitement that is God-based in theos. Theos is God. And so it's, a, it's a, an excitement that originates in God. And when we see something in the scripture, we experience something in our time with the Lord, we have an encounter with his presence. There's, there's a release of enthusiasm. There's a release of excitement. And I love that. I just absolutely love that. And, and when you go from one enthusiasm to the next enthusiasm to the next enthusiasm, you just go, 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 go. Guess what? Your body's human still. And there's always going to be a time. There's always going to be some downtime. There's always going to be a time that you need to rest. And as a young, as a young teenager in Christ... I thought that when all of a sudden my body needed to rest and it's kind of like my, my adrenal glands had had all they can take and all this, I felt like I had backslidden. Like, oh, what happened? What happened? The presence of the Lord has departed. Ichabod is written over me. The glory's gone. And I would, I would get panicky and think, am I still saved? Thank God for old age, huh? We understand a few more things. And it's like, okay. The enthusiasm and how our bodies process the excitement of God, there is always going to be a need, a time for rest. You look at Jesus in the Gospels and he would minister and have wonderful, wonderful healing experiences and declaration of the Gospel. Then he'd pull his disciples and they'd go off into the wilderness and they'd have retreat. He not only did that occasionally, weekly, monthly, who knows what the, what the time frame was, but I believe that the pattern that we see in Mark chapter 1 is how Jesus lived. That, that a great while before dawn, before daybreak, he was apart with the Father. And he was resting in the presence with his Father. He was having that fellowship, that hidden, that hidden history with his Father that he was enjoying. And so we have that. But when I look at the Christmas story, I, I look at Mary 
And in Luke, it, it has uh, the revelation. Do you think her adrenal glands might have been activated after Gabriel came and spoke to her? Yeah, I think anytime an angel shows up and, and you have an encounter with an angel, I think there's probably a, a, a release of enthusiasm in your being. I think there's some with Debbie right now. She's, she's enthused. She says, preach it. <laughs> you got to have the gift of interpretation. <laughs> and this is how Luke recorded it. He said, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. So after she encounters all of this with Gabriel, she heads off to go find her uh, Elizabeth, who is, is pregnant with John the Baptist. And there they encounter, and as they have that exchange, the, the spirit of the Lord, the enthusiasm of God, and she has this incredible, incredible poem. And we call it the Magnificat. It, it's so amazing as she realizes just the all that God had chosen her and the little one within her what he was going to accomplish. Mary, did you know? Well, she didn't know everything, but she knew a lot. Sometimes when we sing, Mary, did you know? It's like, yeah, I think she had an idea. The angel told her, the, the spirit of the Lord came upon her. She prophesied, she announced. I think Mary knew a lot, but we know that she treasured these things in her heart. She pondered them. She thought over them over and over and over and over again. So when I look at the excitement of of Christmas and of an encounter, a joyful revelation. I see Mary. Then look at the shepherds. Once again, anytime you have an angel that's part of the announcement, that's going to be pretty amazing. I'm sure the adrenal glands are going to be going. And there we have in Luke chapter 2, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Yeah. Your adrenal glands function when there's terror too. <laughs> but the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Chuck shared something with me last week as we were looking at that, looking at the, the swaddling clothes, the, the strips and stuff like that. And Chuck was saying that, that on those things, they would put identity markers on those little strips of cloth that they would wrap an infant in. And they would put the name, the character, the attributes and all of that kind of stuff. And he said, <laughs> Chuck, I'm, I'm stealing your stuff, but it was, it was so good, I gotta repeat it. it 
So when the, when the shepherds came, they, they not only had the sign that there was going to be a baby in a, in a feeding trough, in a manger, but also when they saw it, they saw all the names that he was wrapped in. I wonder if Isaiah, <laughs> the, 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 the names that identified the Messiah from Isaiah was just wrapped around this little one. Uh, when, when we get to heaven, we want a replay of that. We want to see what the angels saw when they came there. But that was just a, a, just a, a thought that just moved my heart of thinking when they came and they saw, it's, it's like Debbie has on that she's the cutest little baby ever. And, and then she had an announcement on there that said something about uh, Christmas, Jesus' birthday or something like that. She was, go Jesus, it's your birthday. <laughs> and, 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 we, and we do that. We dress our kids with those kind of things, you know. Uh, the best grandpa in the world. No, those kind of just look at the, the things. What would you have put? What would one of your strips around the baby Jesus have been? What would you have identified him as? Oh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host, host appeared and the angel, with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. I think they were ready to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. Yeah, I think that was an encounter that uh, brought some enthusiasm. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, were, which were just as they had been told. So they come back, glorifying and praising God. Enthusiasm? Yeah. They had just experienced something. They just encountered something. They just had the word of the Lord proclaimed to them angelically. They went and they saw it just the way it was told to them. And so now they know that the prophetic word that came to them was now actualized in the earth and they were just full of great joy and glorified God and was praising him, giving him thanks for Jesus. I like that. And then there's Andrew. Andrew, when he came to, when he came and, and he heard John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the earth, the sins of the world. When Andrew heard that, he went and found his brother. And so John records it this way. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what John said and who had followed Jesus. Their question to Jesus is, where, where do you live? <laughs> he said, come and see. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother and tell him, we have found the Messiah. That is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now, there's something about what happens when we have an encounter, when we have an experience where God is revealing truth to us. He's revealing something new to us. And when we have that revelation, 
It shouldn't be, oh, well, yeah, that's nice. Uh-huh, mm, yeah, that's good. Uh, what's for lunch? You know, no, you have this kind of revelation. It just runs all the way through your entire being. You are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. You're bouncing around. You're Tigger all over again. You have divine energy. It's our human response to the good news of the gospel. It's our response to an encounter with the living God. And when we have those kind of encounters, enthusiasm goes off the chart. I thought instead of me trying to show you what cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs looks like, I would show you a clip from It's a Wonderful Life. Anybody remember George Bailey? Remember George Bailey? He had wished that he had never been born. And in the process of that, he got to see what it was like without being born. And now having experienced that, none of his circumstances have changed as far as the natural before this little theophany took place, you know, where he's having this experience of what life would, reality would be like if he hadn't been born. But now he's back at the bridge and he has a revelation, an understanding. And so we see what he cries out for. Now that's enthusiasm. (laughs) Nothing in the natural realm had changed. He just had an encounter and he had a revelation. And as a result of that, his whole attitude, his whole way of seeing everything changed. And when I look at that, I just think, oh Lord, your coming to earth is like that in all of our lives. You've not only transformed and changed us and forgiven us of our sins, but you've radically changed The old is gone, the new has come, and the enemy is constantly trying to get us stuck back into old stuff instead of the fresh revelation of the gospel of Jesus. So since I can't get out of Colossians, we'll look at Colossians again. We looked at this last week. We'll just kind of revisit it again today. My prayer for all of you, is that your hearts will be wrapped in the comfort of heaven and woven together in love's fabric. That's a sentence that I just love. The certainty of your faith will give you access to all the riches of God as you experience the revelation. Not just have an academic understanding of the revelation, but as you experience the revelation of God's great mystery, Christ unveiled within you. Boy, I... There's almost a a remorse in my heart of thinking all the time I thought I had it all understood because I prayed a sinner's prayer and asked Jesus into my heart and now I was saved. And to me, that was as much of the unveiling of Christ in me as I knew. I was just forgiving. I was just forgiven. And and to, to understand the unveiling of Christ within you is is eternal. It will be happening forever and ever, the unveiling of the wonder of Jesus inside of us. For our spiritual wealth is in him, like hidden treasure waiting to be discovered, heaven's wisdom, endless riches of revelation knowledge. In the same way you receive Jesus, our Lord and Messiah by faith, continue your journey of faith 
progressing further into your union with him. Mm. So I want us to look at our spiritual wealth. The assurance of our faith gives us access to all the riches of God as we experience the revelation of God's great mystery, Christ unveiled in you. In chapter one, he says, you know, the mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And when, when I think of that, I, I can't get away from just asking the Holy Spirit to understand fully what it means, Christ in me the hope of glory, the hope of, of the splendor of his presence, the hope of his tangible manifestation here on the earth, inside of me. It's, it's, it's Christ in you. It's not you understanding about Christ. It's not about you finishing catechism. It's not about you getting your, your, your doctrine your, your PhD in, in theology. It's about experiencing the revelation of Christ in you. I hope that 2017, we, we gain an understanding that this is a whole lot more than just the simple going from a sinner into a new believer but that we see the maturation process of what it means to be in Christ, Christ unveiled in us. How does that get manifested in the earth? How does it change the way we relate to people, the way we relate to our families? How does it apply to how we relate to the, to the marketplace, to, to people that don't know Jesus, unbelievers? Mm. It's the hope of glory. It says, our, spirit, our spiritual wealth is in him. It's in that unveiling of Christ in us that our spiritual wealth resides. And looking for that spiritual wealth, it's like hidden treasures waiting to be discovered. That's one thing about Father God. He hides things. And, and it's intentional why he hides them. He hides them because he wants you to pursue him. I think that's his feminine nature. Last I checked, females like to be pursued. They want you to try to figure them out. We can't, they're mysterious, they're beyond, but they're amazing. And so we pursue. The hidden things that the Lord hides are like treasures. And as we look and as we meditate on Christ in us and the unveiling of Christ within us, we start to discover the treasures. Sometimes, you know, it's like, why didn't anybody tell us about this? How many thought that when you got saved, that's all there is to it? Game over, got my insurance policy. I, I'm guaranteed heaven. Uh, come, Jesus, return real quick. Let's get out of here before things get any worse. <laughs> and you never had an understanding that you are started a journey of faith where the faith that you have grows and builds. And as it grows and builds, you start to discover more of the treasures of what it means to have the Christ unveiled inside you. Now that's a Christmas gift. No doubt. The unveiling of Jesus in us and having a fresh encounter with the revelation that he is in us, the hope of glory.
And as that happens, oh my stars, the enthusiasm, the way it shifts our attitude, the way it changes the circumstances of life. Who has time to be mad at somebody? I don't care what they've done. Let's forgive them. Why? It's not about them. It's not about whether they're worthy to be forgiven or they deserve to be forgiven or they've humbled themselves in forgiveness. But our hearts are being, uh, the, the, the living Christ is being unveiled in our hearts. Who wants to occupy space in our hearts for anything other than the unveiling of the living Christ? Man, come Jesus, fill it all up. And all the things that the enemy tries to, to insert that just take up space and they have no life and they're dead and they don't amount to anything. Lord, we say, crowd them out with the, uh, with the, with the fresh revelation of Christ in me, the hope of glory. Yeah. So I think it's time to discover the hidden treasures. These are just amazing things. Absolutely. It says all the riches of God. We have access to all the riches of God. Let's go treasure hunting inside our own hearts. Let's find the treasure of the incarnate God, the Lord Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So Father, we thank you for your love. We say, let the power of the gospel be once again released upon the earth. Let it have power to encounter us as men and women, boys and girls, even infants, with your presence, with your holy, holy presence. Oh, we, we cry out. We cry out. You are the true spiritual treasure. You are our spiritual wealth. And we long to know you. I pray the day that the enemy can keep us in a stupor and put us on autopilot and live day by day without the enthusiasm of knowing Christ is in us and we're in Christ. Let this be the glorious year we've ever known as you reveal and help us in the path of discovery of all the treasures of Jesus. And so it is our confession, Jesus, you are the ultimate treasure. When we find you, we get the Father and the Holy Spirit. We find the community of the divine. We welcome you to come and to be with us. I had a real sense that the Lord was wanting to heal lungs and respiratory systems. I don't know if anybody's got difficulty with their lungs or anything to go with respiratory. And I also heard defeat infection. I think that's the cry of my heart, Lord, defeat infection as it plagues your, your children. So if you have an infection, we wanna pray. If you know someone who has an infection, anybody know Margaret Fence? Well, we know someone who has an infection. I wasn't thinking her at the time, but when after I wrote Defeat Infection, immediately her face popped up. And I thought, yeah, let's, let's pray corporately for the defeat of inf infection in Margaret's body. Mm -hmm. 
Anybody with lungs? Anybody got a lung condition? I have lungs. You have lungs? Good. Good. Anybody have anything wrong with their, <laughs> their lungs? Okay. Okay. Yeah, bring her up here. Let's pray for her. It's like she's all just so congested that uh-huh. um, I can't get anything out with the no sucker thing. And, okay. Um, so, yeah. Let's pray. Anybody like to join me? Feel free to come gather. Oh, sure. Or you can choose. Does anybody like Debbie? Mm-hmm. We thank you that this little one is such a blessing to us, such a joy to you. She fills our heart with love. (laughs) And we pray now for her lungs, whatever's going on. We pray for complete uh, clarity in her her lungs, her respiratory system. We bless it in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.